What's up, y'all? Welcome to another episode of Lift and Educate. In the episodes below, Jabari and I talk about topics relating to fitness and health, as well as current events and the country's state of fighting racism. We hope that you enjoy the episodes and please share the episodes you enjoyed with your friends and family, discuss and even take notes on the topics we talk about. Uh, you could send any questions in that you have so we can add that into the next episode. And please like, subscribe, and follow so that we can continue putting out great content for y'all. Yeah, let's, uh, let's welcome Alex, um, a police officer in Washington, D.C., onto this uh, podcast. Uh, thank you, Alex, for joining us on Lift and Educate. Uh, we appreciate you spending the time with us today. And just to, so we can talk about the current state of the country. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. Thank you for having me. Uh, no problem, no problem. Thanks for being on the podcast, Alex. Yeah, I mean, um, I mean, me, I've known Jabari since, since what? Freshman in college, 2004. Okay. Yeah. And then it's, it's crazy. He, he is one of probably, I could probably say, four or five people who I still talk to from college. All right. And we, we, graduated, we graduated college 12 years ago. So yeah. you can do the math yeah. on that one. Yeah, I know. Yeah. We pretty much grew up together, man. So. Yeah, we did. He definitely did. <laughs> he definitely did. So. He definitely did. So that's why, that's why it took me some time to realize that you was going to become a police officer, you know? Wow. Did you, did you when you, I guess, so my question to you is, did you think I was going down that path of becoming no. a police officer? You no, because, no, nah, at first, like, you were, I think we had the same major. We was um, in business. Yeah, um, we were, we were. And then you switched, when, yeah, you switched over to criminology and started studying it. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, what made you, what made you decide to do that? reason I switched over because I felt like I'm not I'm not a inside the office type person right. and that's one of the reasons why I decided to join this profession because as you know I'm out 24-7 I'm out mm-hmm. I'm out in the streets all mm-hmm. day that's my whole job being out in the streets and I can't see I couldn't see myself sitting in the office in front of a computer screen for eight hours right. a day yeah office you go crazy <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah office job for sure not for sure. So, like, with that being said, like, when you first decided um, you switched your major, did you think that um, you were you were going to become a police officer, or did you think you were just going to do something within the law enforcement field? I'm, actually, I was thinking about being a um, – I was thinking about being a paralegal. I'm not going to lie. I was going to be a paralegal and uh-huh. work my way up to be a lawyer. Okay. And I'm like, I'm not a – I'm not, again, I'm not the type of sit and then, yeah. uh, sit in the office. Right, and then as you as you know, being on a football team, yeah, you need action. A football team is like being on the team, and then being a police officer. I'm also on the team, right? Kind of because you kind of have to depend on other people, right? Right. Now, okay. so the question is: is as you went through the whole process after the job interview, got the job, um, and then you had to start doing training. Um, how was uh-huh. that? Can you, can you give us a rundown of what that was like? Was it more uh, like a conditioning training or just say, here's, here's different scenarios, how are you going to handle it kind of thing? For, for us, we had to, well, <laughs> as you know, I'm, I mean, I'm in all three jurisdictions in the D.C. area. Mm-hmm. So I had to learn all the laws for all three. And then our academy is actually nine months. Can you hear me? Yeah. yeah. It's nine months, and then we got training for 10 weeks. And okay. So, on so, your own. so, so okay. total total of training and everything is probably a whole year. A whole year, okay. So oh, within yeah. that year, so you say you studying the law and all that stuff like that within the three jurisdictions. Now, yeah. is that something that police officers normally, like, refresh on, or is it just like, hey, you did it? No, no, oh, no, no. We got We have no, no, no. For for us, we have training every single year, and every okay. single year, the laws right. are the laws are changed. We get refreshed. Yeah. We get uh, we we get refreshed in our DT tactics. Mm-hmm. Our uh, and cup past couple of years, we've been dealing with a lot of juveniles. So right now, the whole, I guess, dealing with the juveniles has been the the forefront of our training. Okay. Now, so why is that? Go ahead. I was going to say, I have a question before even going Go through the first year of training. Um, like once you go through, uh, like pass the written exam, you go to the physical test and, and mm-hmm. you like are 
eligible to get the job? Do they mm -hmm. have some type of interview process that like will weed out people who would yeah. be able to seek it for psychologically not yes. right for the job? Yeah, funny, yeah, funny you ask that question because one, I actually now this this is going to year ten, uh, and I'm actually I actually sit on the uh, Ouroboros panel and actually screen these new applicants. Okay. So if I decide that if I don't want this guy to back me up, or if I decide that I don't see this person to be fit to be officer, I'll just deny them. Okay. So, so what do you? That's based that, on their, their written application they send in, or something based on no, no, like we the whole file that they've completed. Yeah. So the so to begin, start from finish. You send your application in. You have to do the written exam. You have to do the uh, physical. You have to pass that. And then you move on to your oral board. And the oral board is a panel of three officers. It could be an officer, a sergeant, lieutenant, captain, deputy chief. Right. It doesn't matter. It's us three. Right. And then there's a series of questions we have to ask them. Mm -hmm. And if we feel like this person is, one, not capable of handling the job, or if their their answer to the question, we're looking at each other like, what kind of answer is that? We won't, we won't pass them. Okay. Okay. Now, when when you are asking these questions, is it all three of you at the same time or does it go like um, separately? Let's yeah, it's all, three, it's all three of us at the same time. At the same time, okay. Mm -hmm. And then, so what happens if like one person, like if you ask the question and say like, you raise a flag and you're like, I don't know about that, but like the majority of the other two police officers that are there, does that like rule out or is it still in consideration if you, like just you have realized, I, that I, I guess the, the I guess on that part, since it's three of us, the majority would okay. would overrule. However, if that person, if that one makes a big good point, like hey, this guy said this, she said that, I don't think it will work. Hmm. He can easily persuade the other two officers or other one to go the other way. Okay. Okay. Now, like obviously, you've seen different things, different scenario. I mean. You're from you went from Brooklyn, everyone's in Massachusetts, and then now you're in DC. I mean, I, those are totally different, uh, different scenarios there. I mean, obviously, yeah. do, do you feel like your your life experience living in Brooklyn um, has made your job easier in DC, or has it just hasn't exposed you to some different things? Um, being as like two different states, there, you know, has it been? I mean, hmm, I guess being from Brooklyn compared to to DC, I guess. In my opinion, I think Brooklyn, like the so-called neighborhood, the hoods, whatever, are are more, I guess, harsher. If okay, if I'm using the right term. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes here, sense. Than, than, than here in DC. So if I'm when I'm walking to a neighborhood, I'm like, this is it. This ain't not, this ain't the right. hood. Right, right, right. Then, and you, but then, yeah, because you grew up in like in uh, was it Coney Island, right? So Coney yeah. Island, yeah. So Coney Island. Yeah. But then when you got it, you got yeah. But then when you got a kid. I should say, kid, you got somebody from moving from goddamn Midwest Nebraska who've never been on a train, who've never been, right? Who who, who haven't even been in the, uh, I guess, who never had a conversation with someone of a different race. Yeah. It's gonna be different, and the only thing they notice is stuff they watch on TV or stuff they see in the movies. It doesn't, and it doesn't, it doesn't go that way. Right, right, right. So now with that, I mean, do you guys have a lot of people from? Those areas, or is is we just got, one? We got, we got people from all all, all over the uh, all over the country. Oh, for real? Okay, mm -hmm. okay. Mm -hmm. So how so how do you guys go about like uh, I guess like doing education as far as like um, diversity and everything like that when it comes to the police force? Because DC is a heavy populated area with like a lot of a lot of cultural people there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Again, we have to go through the training. Like the majority of my police force that I work for. I'll probably say seventy percent, sixty-five percent African American. Oh, so really? When okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when there's officers of from 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 different cultures coming here, they they have to learn it. Right, right, right. Where they, where they where they police at, they have to they have to learn it. And if you don't learn it, one, you'll get yourself hurt, maybe even killed, or the yeah. person you're working with either hurt or killed. We can't have that. Right, right. Oh, so uh, a question that I had was. Um, I mean, you're saying that 75% of your, is it just your precinct or is it like just all Washington D that is, is African-American or of different? Yeah, the, so I, I don't work for a large police department. We've probably got 400, 450. Okay. Mm -hmm. 
So of the, of the police department that I work for, about sixty percent is uh, African American. And wow, you do you find that um, the people who are police officers that are not African American do they like did they grow up in like in cities that have like a background of of being around different cultures to for when they go into scenarios they're not like almost reacting quickly to situations. Hmm. I don't know if that, that but, makes sense. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah I, I, I get what you're trying to say. I guess the, the, the officers that I've encountered, even the new officers that, that are coming onto the department, I feel like even though they are from different regions of the country, even, maybe even out the country, I feel like they've adapted to how we are as a police department. Yeah. So like, they, you guys, in Washington, D.C., you guys really do a thorough job in, in hiring and training process to, to, to like instill that this is the way that you guys police. Yes, because, because as, you, as I was telling Jabbar a couple of days ago, like the climate we are in now, you can't, mm -hmm. there, there, are certain, there are certain, I guess, things you can and cannot do or things you should and should not do or you end up on CNN or the news. Right. So you do you guys have training on that? It was like, hey, on today's lesson, how not to end up on the news. <laughs> <laughs> today's the lesson. Yeah. So yeah, that must. So to 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 answer that question, to for that one, when you're when you're a younger officer, like when I was years ago, I always went to the older officers mm -hmm. for advice. Like not okay. not much the sergeants because the sergeants they're they're in charge of the whole district, and mm -hmm. they got. 28, 25 other officers to deal with. So you yeah. just ask, you just ask the older, what I did was ask the older officer, hey, if you're in this scenario, what you, sh you should do? Right. Or, or and then, and then yeah, that's how you go about it. Right, right. Now with, with, with that, have you encountered in asking a, a officer with more years on the force uh, a question and they've given you advice that seems as that's the wrong way to go about things, just morally? No, okay. no, I, I haven't. No, uh, I mean, I, I like I only asked that question because, like, obviously, it sounds like Washington D.C. like they got their shit together, but in stuff yeah. like the LAPD, like, yeah, like in asking yeah. previous yeah. generation yeah. police, police officers, like, it's just like horrible way of policing, uh, from uh, based on history. Mm. Yeah. So with um, really? go ahead. Yeah. No, I was saying also. Like the questions we ask the uh, new applicants, one of them is about like if you see your your FTL officer do something wrong or like steal something, what would you do about that? Okay. And then, then the question, the answer we're looking for is one, either confront that FTL officer, even though you're young. Some people won't, wow. won't do it because you're not there. You're not there long enough to say something. I'll, the answer we're looking for is go tell a, a supervisor. Okay. Because if the, this 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 older officer doing something wrong, that means they've been doing it wrong for a while. Mm -hmm. Just haven't been caught yet. Right. So now yeah. with that being said, I always wondered that, like, what about in situations where a cop is like doing something crazy and you're like, hey, like, like you don't want to show them up in front of, I guess, the public or in front of whoever's getting, whoever is getting arrested. Like, how do you mm -hmm. subliminally tell this officer, like, hey, like, you need to calm down a little bit. Like, what do you guys do to, to intervene? Um, if somebody, just, I guess, is going rogue or, because I get it, we're all humans and there might be just, certain things that might set me off or somebody else off, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So how do you mm -hmm. calm that person down from like, just, hey, like you're, you're losing it? Just exactly what you said. Yo, what are you doing? Oh, I, I, okay. have no, I, I, have, I have no issue, mm -hmm. people I work with have no issue of dragging somebody off. Mm -hmm. oh, Yo, really? what, are you, okay. what, are you, what are you doing? Like, right, I, right. I probably, like, like as I probably got it probably, Jabari probably didn't know I was in the plain clothes unit for five yeah. years and I was I, I was with the same group of people for five years so in the, the yeah. group I was with none of us had any issue saying yo what are you doing pull them to the side right okay All right, no, matter, no, matter, no, matter, no matter if there's cameras out no matter if the, the, the news is out pull them off if it looks bad yeah. on camera oh well because you're stopping right. what you think is wrong from escalating higher than what it really should be right right all right, so, so let say like with the with the heightened things that's happening with um across the country that we see all over the news and stuff like that, especially 
the last one with George Floyd. You know what I mean? It's like mm-hmm. you have three they have three officers sitting around there and this guy's mm-hmm. just like taking his time nail on his neck. So I mean, in that scenario, it seems like you wouldn't be like, yo, like what are you doing? Like, this guy can't breathe, like get off of him. You know what I mean? What yeah, because like when it, when the first when I first saw the video, because we had all have a we all have a little group chat we talked to, what pissed yeah. me off what pissed me off more was the the officer that was on a side with his hands on his hips, just looking. Yeah, like, yo, what are you doing? Like, this dude yeah. is clearly saying, I can't breathe. And you right. clearly, he's not, what kind of pissed us off is like, yo, this dude is not resisting. Like, right. why, why are all you, well, first of all, we didn't see the only angle we saw was the first angle with mm-hmm. a guy with his knee in his neck and a guy just standing there. Mm-hmm. I didn't know there was two others on his back. So for, right. for, for, the, for, the, for the first angle, I'm like, yo, what are you doing? This guy is not, resisting this guy's not doing anything to make you keep your knee on his neck right and then you had the, his partner whoever he was was standing there like yo you see this dude is clearly dying he can't breathe push him off right and then it, if he if his partner would have pushed him off granted he would have been there there would have been an issue back at the district back at the uh whatever they go to but yeah they 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 wouldn't be in jail right now right right yeah it's just it, it's fucked up the whole time like he wasn't resisting arrest like probably all. they arrested him he'd be like he walked with him around the, the the unit and came to the other side and then just kneel on him mm. for nine minutes is absolutely fucking yeah. absurd and, the, and, and, the, and the then you have you have the people that, that the other guy that's i guess like like uh controlling the crowd or whatnot but the crowd mm. of people is just saying like do the right thing like don't kill yeah. This so yeah and the question that we all had is like what were they waiting for Right. Like if this, and the only thing, the only thing they had to do was put him in a cruiser and drive away. That was it. What was you right. waiting for? There was no reason for you to sit there to have your knee on this man's neck. We sitting there like, yo, this man is really killing him in plain sight. Yeah. And there's nothing, yeah. nothing his partners are doing. Uh, yeah, because it's like it's it, for me, like just watching that whole scenario. Like they did put him in the car and they took him back out just to do that. Like I didn't understand that. Like I, there was a lot going on. I'm trying to like comprehend him. Like. For me as a citizen, like it makes it doesn't make sense what's happened. I was like, maybe for as a police officer, there must be a scenario where this fine is okay. But this hand from you just justifies like, yo, like this guy was clearly in wrong and like he had a different alternative clearly. motive. And those three other dudes, like they had they all shared an equal responsibility to save this guy's life and he didn't. Yeah. Um now in scenarios like that, like they they try to make it seem like it was horrible because it was like, all right, he was on the drugs, all this other stuff like that. Um I I haven't came face to face with dealing with people underneath the influence of drug as much. I'll probably be caught twice I have been. And it's honestly it was probably one of the easiest things. Just hey, like you make them some story, make them go away and then that's it. Or you say, Hey, why don't you go to bed? Um <laughs> and that that was pretty much it. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's like I don't know like yeah. what was happening in their minds where they kinda of felt like this was ha- um, this was going on. So and then, yeah. and, and and the thing I'm not sure. I, I want to know what your response is, what, what you thought about the whole scenario like after that happened and the image that they had when they had 75 police officers protecting the, was it the, the police officers, uh, what was his name, Devin, or surrounding his house like afterwards. Like, How did you feel about that, just w- watching that go down? One, as a, um, I guess, I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure they, they didn't voluntarily say, hey, we're going to stand out front of his house. The reason right. why, well, again, this is my opinion. The reason why I assume they were out in front of the house to show that they're all together. Okay. Because if they weren't out there, they're like, hey, we, not, we don't deal with this guy, which is right. probably why they, they, they didn't immediately fire the dude. Right. Yeah. So, so with that, like, for me, it, it, took, it, took, it took a lot. I mean, it angered me because it took a lot of me to sit here and say, like, it was hard for me to the back of what I always say, like what people say, like not all cops are bad. But when you see that, you're like, all right, all you guys know what this guy did was bad, and you, all you guys are backing him up. So it's kind of mm-hmm. hard to say, like, yo, like all cops are bad, like not, then why are you protecting them? You know what I mean? Um, yeah. The, literally, the city's burning down, and they decide instead of arrest one individual, they arrest like hundreds of protesters and everything like that. And just saw how the whole the whole scenario went down, like it was just I thought it was just chaotic. I mean. How did you, how did you feel like the 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 chain reaction to everything going down? Like how how would you think your police force would have operated on that? 
Like, it seems like you guys wouldn't even got to that far if someone was kneeling on the dude's neck for probably a minute. It seems like you guys would probably say, hey, get the hell off of him. Like, what yeah, are you I feel like I, I feel like we are a close enough unit as a whole, and we all we all typically work together, and we even hang out, yeah, off duty. So we all know right. each other's mannerisms, we know each other, we know when we're about to say. All right. For example, me and my partner before I left, she knew when things about to get heated. Then she'll step in, and mm. then she'll bring the she'll bring the whole the whole situation down. So we okay. don't have to bring out the handcuffs. We don't have to get physical. All right. So I feel like our, our department as a whole, we wouldn't even get to that point. And then right. your question about dealing with people under the influence of drugs, I, <laughs> I've dealt with about four or five people on PCP. And when I say I heard y'all, oh, wow. y'all your, your, your podcast, your first one, we were talking about how you was in the gym doing five sets of 10. That yeah. means absolutely nothing yeah. when you deal with somebody on um on PCP because one they don't feel anything, right? And I guess I, I I guess they they get the the strength of God. They yeah. Can, they get they, <laughs> yeah. They they you're not you're not going to make them do what they want to do. Right. There's, there's an incident uh, um a couple months ago when I was dealing with somebody on PCP. I was by myself. Oh man. And I, I'm 265 pounds and I was on top of them holding them down, not in no restraints or whatever. I was just holding them down until my backup came and the chick. Just put pushed up like I was nothing. It was a I girl. Was, <laughs> Did that? Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I was like, I was like, I was like, hold on, hold on. Stop me bitching because I got one on PCP. Because that's the first when they went to academy, they tell us, hey, when you when you when you encounter someone on PCP, make sure you have somebody en route to your location because one, whatever you do is not going to work. And wow. unfortunately, we do. Uh, me personally, and the officers we what I work with, we don't want to go to deadly force. Okay. We can't because one, they don't have they not they don't have anything in their hands. They don't pose a threat. The only right. the only I guess so called crime that they're breaking is that they're on drugs, and that's not even a crime. Right. Yeah. All right. So how so, do you, so in that well, scenario, like how do you restrain a person like that? Like you just have to physically just have you to keep, yeah, man just up keep, and just, just yeah wow. yeah just keep gotta keep moving. Make sure they don't get on their feet. Wow, you gotta that's keep, crazy. Like, and, and, and it brings you back. It, it brings you back to your training in the academy, and okay. it brings you back to when I played football back yeah. in college. No, we gotta yeah. get physical. Yeah, that's a good thing you got that background, then. <laughs> I have a, a quick question in regards to the the George Floyd situation. It seems like that situation it was it was an escalation that uh, the police officers caused. Uh, and and the, the the victim uh, wasn't escalating anything. Like he was calm the whole the whole time. So, I mean, do you have uh, do you have training that like I guess prepares people for if other officers are being escalated, even if like you're a tight group. Like, is it like new come officers coming in that are new? Like, are they going through training to prepare for like to to say like not. you need to stop or it's just like I mean that's a moral thing to tell somebody to exactly. stop but clearly in certain precincts like I guess it's for some reason not so I, I mean how how do you how do how do people deal with that situation if just like you said it's a it's, it's a it's a moral thing right. so like my partner I'm, I'm my partner the people I work with I'm pretty sure they didn't take outside training to say hey don't yeah. bring it to that level yeah but they easily stepped in and say hey we don't need to do this. This doesn't have to go that this direction, right? And like I say, we don't have to. It, it goes from a ten back down to a zero, or they even right. have to give before we even get to even to ten. They'll step in and say, "Hey, I right, chill out a little bit. Step back. I'll do it. I'll take over for it." Okay. Right. So it's like a part right. where like the opposite will step in if one's getting too too escalated and just keep switching back and forth. Yeah. Yeah. So with that whole situation, like I mean, I hate to go keep going back on there because the more I'm thinking about it, uh, I was at uh, Officer Devin. He was, I think they say he was on the force for 20 plus years or something like that, and the other officers were new. Like in that scenario, it kind of seemed like to me like they, like, it seemed like they were just following lead or just probably even may some may may even say that they were just probably just scared to talk to him because he's such that, a veteran. Um, that's a, that's a yeah. Before yeah, not, not to cut you off. That's another yeah. thing we were talking about too. Like yeah. when you're when you're first on the street, you're like the dude, one of the dudes is out for what three weeks, something like that. Yeah, and this he's yeah. out on the street for three weeks. I'm pretty sure he was afraid to talk to an officer who's been there for 12, 
15 plus year to say, hey, don't yeah. do that. Right. But I feel like if he was, if it wasn't, if it was an officer being more on the street, more experienced, they would have stepped in. I right. just felt like those officers were uh, afraid. Yeah. So I was going to say, like, is there training for new police officers, police officers to say, hey, how to deal with your fellow police officer? You know what I mean? If you feel like, they may be out of line or anything like that. Like, is there anything to kind of prepare those new guys for that, or is just that's, what like, I was trying to ask that's a that's a that's a good that is a that's a great question, and we don't have that training now. Right, right. So maybe so maybe that's something that they can um they can do because, I mean, like maybe a safe word or something like that. You know what I mean? To kind of like trigger to say, hey, like I feel uncomfortable <laughs> here. <laughs> you know what I mean? So yeah, like, everyone yeah, can get on page. You know. Um, I mean, yeah. maybe that might be a little bit extreme, but it was just saying something like that that needs to be done. Um, that's a, that, I, I probably could bring that to um, to training. I'm, I'm pretty sure because the the officers we have over there training now, yeah, they're um, they probably, I mean, hopefully, they they said that hey, if you if I understand you guys are new on the street, but if you see an right. older officer or another officer doing something that you don't think is correct, like step in, right? No matter if you've been here, no matter if you've been here on the street for one day, you've been here for 100 days. Right. Mm. Now, in terms of, of training, kind of moving past that topic a little bit, talking about um, situations that, that do escalate, um, that maybe somebody does have a weapon of some sorts, how many, how many hours a year do you guys work on training for scenarios that are, I mean, I know every situation is dangerous for you guys, but how many hours for something specifically when somebody has a weapon? You train for for, for a weapon. Well, not for a weapon per se. Mm. I mean, you train for all different types of scenarios. It's not every scenario or situation you deal with has a weapon, okay. and that's mm. far. That's far. And knock on wood, I've never, like I said, <laughs> I've never dealt with somebody with a weapon. I've yeah. never, I've I've been here for ten years, and I've mm. never got a. I'm lying. I've been here. I probably got. I probably got probably like two or three. Say hey, da da da, and our next. On the next in this area, this person has a gun or a knife, or whatever. And I've wow. dealt that two times, right. and I've been here for ten years. Wow. So it's few and far in between. Wow. But, but however, it it can come like it, it probably, on Sunday, knock on wood, I can get a call. Hey, such and such is coming to the area. This person has a weapon. Right. And then it, it goes back to the training. And to answer your question, we train for forty hours a year. And then we have another 10. So probably say, say about 60 to 70 hours total a year training. Yeah. Now, let me ask you this. I mean, and I'm just, I'm just referencing the podcast we listened to because we did talk about this also on another podcast. But I listened to Jocko Willing talk and how, I mean, it's way different like going across the country. But he says for, as a Navy SEAL, they train uh, 18 months for a six-month mission. Uh, now you guys are training 50, say about 50, uh, 70 hours or so a year. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, do you feel like that's, I know you're a seasoned officer and you've been through experiences, but for somebody who's coming on the force that's new, do you think that's even close to enough? For someone that's new, no. But for someone that's new, that's the only thing they're doing for nine mm. months. That's right. So in the yeah, in academy, in academy, they're they're training for for nine months, mm-hmm. and they clear and and daily there are there's a block of probably about three hours a day, three four hours a day where they're training in certain scenarios, of what would you do in this situation? So right. I guess you can multiply the four hours a day, times five days a week, then we'll do that by for nine months, and I guess that's how much you train before you even get on the street. So it's almost right. like they, they train so much. It's just like engraved, like this is the way for this kind of a scenario or like be still be flexible, but this is like the correct guidelines to go about something. And they're kind of aware of that. Yes. Now, if, if like, do they have something like that where you have to re go, go through that again in like after like five years, 10 years or 15 years, something like that in the force, or it's just what continuously I'm, after that of the, the about 70 hours a year of training. Yeah. 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 After that is yearly. Okay. Okay. So one thing I want to ask you, because I mean, with everything that's going on, just reading out some of these uh, statistics, um, 5% of the crime that's happening in America uh, are violent crimes, meaning that they are with guns, they might be shooting, anything like that. So 5% of all the crimes, they, they said. So with mm-hmm. that being said, it seems that police officers in this day and age 
are the storyline is pretty much compelling them where people are, when you have these debates and arguments so to speak that they say like hey these cops jobs are dangerous and they're putting their life on the line like i get that and i understand that that's part of the job entails but for mm-hmm. people to think that hey like i'm going every day i go on the street i'm coming across somebody who has a gun um like what do you say uh, like to those people who keep saying like hey like you don't know what's going to happen like but the the numbers are so low in those violent cases like yeah. and you see and you see yourself you said yourself like it was probably in your whole 10 years you dealt with it twice like yeah. what do you say is should be the approach on what what would you say would be the approach on that for police officers to calm down and de-escalate situations more um because see, it uh, seems like they they're like always like anti from my perspective, they always seem antsy and like they, it's going to be uh, a, a worst case scenario, you know? Yeah, my, I guess the answer to that is, I guess we all, every day we go in and put our equipment on, we don't, they, it's right, we don't know if we're not coming home. Right. Which kind of sucks. But then you yeah. did say this is the job we, did, we, this is the job we signed up for. Right. But you say that the numbers, the, the numbers are low, 5%. It's yeah. 5% to, it's 5% to you and to yeah. someone you know. Right, exactly, exactly. Because so I'm pretty, cause I'm pretty sure you know other, like the people we just went to school with, your friends, their police mm-hmm. officers. But I'm pretty sure if you get a text tomorrow, like, hey, such and such got into a shootout or got stabbed mm-hmm. and died, that five percent is now a hundred percent to you. Right, right, right. And it's a, in a way. So my question is to, to add up to that is like how. Like, how can, like, what what do you think should be there to help these officers de-escalate situations and calm things down? Because at the end at the end of it, like, for me, and I know for you, too, like, you probably got uh, sick of seeing, seeing things like this where people who are unarmed are getting killed mm-hmm. and people mm-hmm. who are armed and have, like, and have guns to the teeth are being detained and, like, no bruises and nothing's happening to them. It's like, like what's, the, what's the problem here? Um... I mean, specifically for me, like one thing, what, one thing that really got me upset is just seeing what happened to um, Ahmaud Arbery and like mm-hmm. and and everybody else. And then you find out that there was a um, a white supremacist who went to a church, the prayed church, with people, yep. and then shot them up. Shot and them. then come to find out, like they were able to bring him in without without anything being wrong with him. You know what I mean? So and it's like even, wow. They even, like, him, they even brought him on McDonald's too. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I'm that's- like. <laughs> like, like, yeah. like, why, like, how, like, this is a big perspective because I feel like, I mean, I'm not saying you looking, I'm not saying police officers looking for danger, but this is like mm-hmm. kind of thing like this, like, okay, wow, we got to shoot him, let's go ahead, let's let's arm up, let's go ahead, take this bad guy down, and yeah. here's a perfect scenario where they do that and they they don't, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, now you can't. I mean, to I guess to 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 rebuttal your question, you can't compare the uh, the Ahmad Arbery. I'm not trying to mispronounce his name to the uh, yeah. the yeah. shooter in South Carolina because the people that shot the guy in down south, they weren't police officers. They weren't in a uh, police capacity. However, right. the one in South Carolina, they were in a police capacity. The one in right. Minnesota, they was in a police capacity. So to answer your question, I feel like people, I guess before, I guess officers are, are afraid mm. when they go into situations. I feel right. like, again, if you're coming from middle of Nebraska where you barely even have where the population is a thousand and it's right. two black people or two Spanish or two whatever people in the whole whole town and that's who right. you, those two people who you dealt with and then you move into a city, maybe Boston, New York, mm. DC, down to Philadelphia and you get thrown and like, Oh my god, what do I do? They get afraid. Right. right. So they it's like afraid. fight or flight at that point. Yep. Yep. Uh, kind of going off of that, what you're saying, as somebody who's been in the force for, you said you've been a police officer for 10 years? Going on 10, yep. 10. Um, do, do you notice a difference in, like, when you show up to situations as from, like, the first time, like, the first year to now? <laughs> do you have, like, less adrenaline? <laughs> and are you, like, I guess more calm as you go into situations? Aside from maybe the two times you encountered <clears throat> when there was weapons. Yeah, every every situation you go to, you got treated as a as its own and you can't you can't compare it to your last. 
Okay. Because you okay. could you could get a you could get a call for somebody fighting. You could, you could get a call for a fight. And you right. get there, the first thing you do is you're gonna grab somebody, but you don't know when you get there that that it was because it was a domestic situation. Right. Because the, the mom was taking a, the child from the, the husband or the boyfriend, he's not having it. Right. Or, or or it could be the vice versa. We gotta treat we gotta treat every um every situation differently. But I do say this, when you go into a situation, you are high. I'm not gonna lie, you are, you are, oh my God, this blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Until you get there and like, this is it. Okay. So it's like the pregame judges, you're ready to be like, yeah, right, exactly. Okay. <laughs> I got you. you. Exactly. Until you, like you said, the pregame judges. So you get there and like, all right, the first first couple of plays off, this is it. Yeah, and right. You bring, it back, you. you bring it back down, all right, this is what we're dealing with. All right, we go okay. from there. Which okay. I, could, I could definitely see as, as I mean, that's like the body's natural way of, of, of surviving, you know? So, like, oh, yeah. so going into yeah. a situation that way may be like safest for you. So you go home to your family and, and everything and, and your partners are safe and everything like that. So, mm-hmm. right, right. Well, and so, thank you, by the way, for, for, for being in the forest for almost 10 years now. Yeah, no, seriously. Yeah. Um, so one thing I want to definitely want to ask you, because it's like taking it to the next level here, like with everything that the media is showing against the police and obviously people are feeling like they, um, they got to, um, they got to, uh, they, uh, the negative uh, atmosphere with the police is showing, like, how is that, how is that making your job harder? It's like, are you getting confronted with people, um, on the force or are you just, uh, I mean, just from the, you're talking about from the, uh, I guess from the public. One, yeah. I mean, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going even lie since the whole situation happened. We, I mean, I've worked a couple of protests and people shouting F you, blah, 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 fuck 12. We got yeah. that. But then on the flip side, there are people saying, thank you for being out here. Right. And that's what okay. I guess people don't know. Like you getting the same amount of people saying thank you and the people saying F you. We got to right. take it. We got to take it. We got to take everything with a, a grain of salt. I got you. I got you. Mm-hmm. And um, I know you got to go pretty quickly. So I just want to ask mm-hmm. you a couple other questions. Um, with that, and with that being said, like the the one thing that was curious in my mind, um, because mm-hmm. I had a debate with somebody about the Rashad Brooks scenario where they stated it was like, well, he did kind of fight. I'm like, I get that, but the guy had no weapon. He took their taser, which they already used twice. Like, like oh, how? The, uh, took, you're talking about the situation down in Atlanta. Yeah, like when uh-huh. he was sleeping in his car and everything like that. Like, mm-hmm. how would, how, like, personally, how would you have handled that? <laughs> see, see, again, I guess, I guess every officer did. Personally, when he said, hey, I'll park the car and then I'll, I'll go home, get an Uber, I did exactly that. Because okay. in this climate, right. we're, we're dealing with a, we're yeah. dealing, one, we're dealing with a global pandemic. Right, right. Every single time you encounter somebody, they could sneeze on you, cough on you, and that's it. You're done. Right. So why would you even put yourself in that situation where you got to get close to this guy? Right. Have, and then, as you know, for the um, when you do the whole the uh, DUI test, you got yeah. them blown into a machine, blown right directly to you. So you want all that in you? Yeah, right. I didn't even think of that. I didn't even think of that. Yeah. So I'm like, you want to And the guy initially, he wasn't resi- like you said he. Everyone, I guess, has been in a situation where you fell asleep, you're tired, you're working 40 hours, like, you're working and you fall asleep. We all done that. Mm-hmm. So, like, for him to say, all right, I'm going to park the car, I'm going I'm, I'm to go to my sister's house. All right, let the man park the car, run his name, if he's got on warrants, anything like that, send him on his way. Because right. he clearly said he's not going to drive, because you got to compare, the, again, the climate that we're in. Right. I understand if it wasn't a pandemic, Right. And then you don't want to, you need to get your stats or whatever. You got to do that. All right, do what you got to do. Right. But this right. man said, right, I'm going to park the car and leave. All right, park the car and leave. You're on the warrants. Have a nice day. Come pick the car right. up later. Or they can right, have good. somebody, all right, call somebody, come pick the car up. All you right. can't have you driving home. So there's, there's, there's police officers that make sense out here. So <laughs> glad, yeah. glad you're one of them, man. One more question. I know, I don't, I'm not sure what time you got to go, but. Um, do you, is there like a certain amount of like arrests for specific like crimes or uh, whatnot nah. that police officers have to nah. do? No, nah, because yeah, again, right? no, nah, because it's like what unless you see something in front of you, then you can take it. Because like it's nine times nine times out of ten, if someone sees a police officer, they're not going to commit the crime. 
Right. So right. no. Yeah, that that makes sense. And mm. um last last thing I wanna ask you too. Um I got one more question after this, but like obviously like in this country, um there's systemic racism everywhere. Like mm-hmm. how do you feel is a good way to get rid of that, especially within the police force? Um, because we know that there's I'm not saying in your particularly your police force, but we know there might be some individuals who have some ill attention um towards people of different race, different color and everything like that. So how can the police force, what, what do you think that should be done in order to eliminate that in the police force across America? I feel like more, more community policing. Yeah. I feel like okay. go out, go out into the community, someplace you're not from. Like, mm-hmm. again, well, not everyone is from the D.C. area, but only thing you see on TV is D.C. this, D.C. that. There are right. good people in D.C. Right. Like, go out and like, hey, this, they're, not, they're not really not like this. Right. So there's no point of view to be afraid when you do encounter certain situations. Right, right, right. So I feel and like it, I feel like more, more, more community policing that would help. Yeah. So and and okay. actually, it's funny you say that too because I remember one of my podcasts. I definitely did mention that just saying like, hey, the police force should should look like the the community that is serving. Meaning that, like, hey, if, if, if in like in your scenario, they say like, hey, the sixty percent African Americans in your community, then the police force should have sixty percent African Americans, so they can say, like, all right, like we know these people, like this is this is one of the things that calm it down. Because I mean, I hate to say, it, but like, they, like with the with the with everything out there that's happening right now, um, mm-hmm. like, and if you were going to in a black neighborhood, most likely mm-hmm. if a black police officer going there, I'm assuming I, I would know that the police will. The, the everyone would be calm, you know what I mean? So if you yeah. have somebody who's yep. outside that area or looking like they don't belong there, like obviously things might be a little bit more heightened. But what you're saying, like, hey, like they were saying, forget this person, like don't talk to the cops or anything like that. So it's yeah. hard for you to say that when your police force matches your community, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. However, it's kind of, it kind of sucks when you have, you live in a predominantly, I guess, African-American, African-American community and mm-hmm. there's only there's only 10 and all the applicants that are applying for your police department are white and you need yeah. police officers. So what are you going right. to do? Right, right, you right. Gotta, you got to do something. Right, right. So I, I, I think what could help out there is just saying, hey, communities, um, community building, just going to the community and be like, hey, like, yep. we need some more officers, kid. Like, you need a job. So come on, come on and try to see if you, if you have what it takes, I guess, you know? Yep, yep. So. Yeah, I think that makes sense with everything you're saying in terms of just like, knowing your community more you know people yeah. just go out and like just go around and talk to people and like kind of be mm-hmm. more known as a police officer in that area and vice versa like knowing people who are in the community plus yep. more diversity in the police force i think would make um, yeah a big difference i think like new york city i don't know the actual statistics but i know it's very low for um, uh, minority police officers right yeah yeah, which is crazy too. Cause I remember when I lived there, I was like, "All right, this, the the police force compared to what's happening, what's in the community, is not matching up." You know what I mean? Because like, um, like I was living, I was living in Coney Island, but I was living in Park Slope, and the majority of all the officers I saw were white. You know, so I was like, mm-hmm. "All right, like this is, like, I'm not sure how this is gonna, like how how the building of the police officers and everything like that is going." But, um, I mean, you, you clearly saw that with some of the protests, you know, especially that was, that was happening in New York recently. Like, it seemed to be very yeah. aggressive on both sides. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah it, it was crazy. I was like, wow, the cops legit was running people over, and yeah, it got ugly. And and nah, it was something nah. that you so, don't want to see. So, so. so, so what, I, what I what I propose to people who who like to to Monday morning quarterback, mm-hmm. I feel like you guys should like do a ride along. Like, my right. question to you is, if you was in that police police car and you're surrounded mm-hmm. by people, what would you do? Right, right, right. Yeah, I'm, asking, I'm, asking, what would you, I'm asking, what would you do? Honestly, personally, I probably would just, like, me personally, I think I would just, like, sign off the sirens and say, hey, you guys got, I'm going to give that a countdown of five. And if you don't back up, then something's going to happen. You know what I mean? Well, probably... and, 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 then that, and I guess my question to you is, what, what's that something? You got to get out of there. You got to get out of there. I'm not going to lie, like, like, you gotta get about, out of there. Like, now nah, you're right. Yeah, thinking about like I'm not sure. I'm not sure this is it's even illegal, but I think I would probably make shot two shots in the air and just like back. No, nah, you see, you see, 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 <laughs> you can't. <laughs> so you can't continue with that. You can't do that. You can't just yeah, shoot right. in the air. You right, can't right. do that. You gotta right. do the most logical thing. 
Yeah. I guess, I guess what, what's the, the most logical thing to do in that situation? The car is being surrounded by people yeah. who don't want you to be there, and your only goal is to get out. Because if yeah. they get in that car or if they throw anything, you don't know what's going to happen. Right, right, right. So, I mean, I, I, don't, I mean, I'm not sure, like, how it escalated, escalated like that, but, I mean, mm. obviously the first thing you probably want, one thing I probably would do is just say, try to talk to people, hey, listen, like, I'm just trying to get out of here, like, just clear the way, like, I know you're upset, but, as you've seen, that was not yeah. happening. Yeah, there yeah. Was a, um, so. I don't know if you guys have the time, later on, there's, there was a news reporter who went mm-hmm. to a, um, a, he did a, I guess he went to the academy, Mm-hmm. And he did a um, he did a few scenarios of if he would shoot or not. Mm. Every single in every single scenario that he was in, the news reporter he shot. Even oh, wow. the person didn't have a weapon. So it's kind of it's kind of kind of what kind of annoys me is that the, the Monday morning quarterback. Yeah. You're not put in that situation. You're not gonna you're yeah. not gonna know what you're gonna do. Yeah. Right. Right. Not nah, right. Yeah. yeah. So that that's yeah. that's that was just a little bit tricky there. Now, now you're right about that. Like people mm-hmm. need to take time out and put themselves out in other shoes. Um, yeah. But then again, now, Jay, I, I, like I don't, I, yeah, I wouldn't know what to do in that situation unless I was in it. But I mean, I feel like running people down is not the way to go about it. I mean, yeah, right. If you're trying to get out of there, you could maybe so how, potentially move the so car. You, very, you could potentially move the car very slowly and without speeding over people. You know, honestly, I think I, I would just left the car. I'm not gonna lie. I just walk out. Yeah, I think I just left the car. I'm like, forget it. You guys want the car? Take the car. The car, the car is your protection, though. That, that car is your protection. Yeah, but like, I mean, I don't. Well, I, get, like, I, get it, it, I get. I get. I get what like, you're saying. I, I get what you're saying. Like, it's yeah. illegal. It's illegal to to assault an officer. It's illegal to assault anybody. Yeah, so, right. Yeah, because I mean, that's the difference. Yeah, the car. Right. Walk away. Like, I don't know. That probably is one of the better, best options. I don't know. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I, I'm not. But you also put yourself at risk. Uh, you put yeah. yourself in harm's way. So I mean, I do. I do hear what you're saying. Like it's it's one of those things. Like I like how would you handle it? And um, I mean, like just looking at it from the video perspective, like it was just crazy to see people just hopping in a car and the cops just try to drive them over. But I mean, like 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 you're saying, like you don't know. Like hey, like if I, if I'm just gonna leave this car, what's gonna happen to me if I open this door? You know what I mean? Like that question is gonna pop up in your head yep. too. I'm like God, right, what's gonna happen? Yep. So there's a lot. Of, there's a lot of different things out there you gotta put in perspective out there. And I try my best to like try to put myself in scenarios and say like how how would I handle that. But that mm-hmm. that recent scenario, like I couldn't. I I was just like, damn, like that's just it's just crazy just seeing that, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm, I mean, I have no issue joining you guys' podcast again. Because yeah. like, yeah. I seen Jabari. I seen Jabari posted on um, Facebook. Yeah. I didn't listen to it, and I heard your, the last podcast you guys were talking about. I guess yeah. the policing in America. And I'm like, you know what? Let me get on here. Let me talk for a little bit. Yeah, no, we appreciate that. Yeah, you know what I mean? Because we definitely want the inside of a police officer. We don't know how it's like on a daily day basis um, with mm. that. And that's just like like we always said, like, hey, like this is something you signed up for. Like, how is it? How is in there? And I actually you brought something to me that I never thought I never even thought of. You know what I mean? With the mm-hmm. the coronavirus and dealing with people, and also um, like put myself in scenarios where it seems to be extreme. Um, with the protests and everything like that. Mm-hmm. So um, mm-hmm. I appreciate that. Um, mm-hmm. One question yeah. I do want to ask you too. Nah. This is a, a thought. You, ha- you have a question, Jacob? No, no, no. I was just going to say, it's been, it's been great to hear your perspective as your police officer and hearing like how, how you and, and your team go through things and how you exactly like if somebody's being too much, like you'll say, let me step in or vice versa. And like just how you run things and how training is and how you go through the whole nine months of training. And then, um, you know, I mean, as we talk, like maybe more training could be good, but um, mm-hmm. you know, you're, 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 as long as you're around a good team and everybody is a good police yeah, officer yeah, and everything like yeah. that will be the, 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 the greater, um, you know, the you have people there to, to, for like the check and balance almost. Right, yeah. yeah, and it right and it that. sounds like you guys have like the the human element. Like you guys actually think things so like, ah, right, like this is a human element. We know who's who's what's going to trigger somebody else off or whatever, and we know how to mm-hmm. handle them with the, with the team. Um, and that's awesome. Um, mm-hmm. One thing I definitely want to ask is, um, I'm not sure if you remember this, but remember when one day was coming back from the grocery store. And when we driving back, we saw a whole bunch of police officers oh, like, at dude. every single location there. <laughs> so come to find out there was a shooting I remember, I remember going that. on. I remember that. I <laughs> yeah. was scared. I was like, oh. <laughs> so come to find out there was a shooting that. going on. Yeah. Like, we could we could say, like, it's either racial profiling or just, like, a bad situation where we could be 
the the wrong place at the wrong time. But there was there was a shooting that happened, and we left at the time. I had a blue GPN Cherokee, and we pulled up on campus. Like, and after we got pulled over and everything like that, the police officers came out, flashed the light dead in my face, and one of them had um, his hand on the gun, and he was just screaming, "Where you guys coming from?" It was like, "Whoa, we're coming I from a grocery that. store." Like, what's going on? And it was like, <laughs> come to find out, they were looking for a brown Jeep Grand Cherokee. And um, that was, like, fleeing the scene of a shooting. So mm-hmm. how would you handle that differently if you was at a police office at that time? <laughs> <laughs> I remember, yeah, that's crazy. I remember that. Now, yeah. one with that, however, sometimes our dispatchers can give can give the wrong description of something. Okay, I got you. Brown, brown, and brown and blue at night. Two different colors. Yeah. <laughs> now, I, don't, I don't know if it's two. All right. So what you should do is tonight when you're driving, go go behind a brown car and go behind a blue car and see if you can tell the difference. That's number right, one. Right, right, right. Number yeah. two, the call was for a uh, jeep with two two males. And yeah. Unfortunately, we were the the jeep with two males. Get it? If we would, what the? If we um. If we were um, just coming from a shooting, why would we have, why would we have grocery bags and yeah. a case of water in our car driving <laughs> on campus? But you won't know that until you get up into the car. Right, so, right, right. So the the cause for shooting, you walk. I mean, granted, why the, the, the jeep wasn't tinted, so there's no point of having the gun and the, the hand on the gun because yeah. that, that's gonna make you that's gonna make your yourself as a police officer heighten the situation. Right. Like, what if you did? Because what if knock on wood, and you didn't? What if you just say, "All right, let me go grab my what you call it real quick out of the glove compartment." Right. His hands on his gun, so his first his first instinct would have been to shoot into the car. Right. Right. Which have been which have been crazy and unfortunate uh, for uh, both yeah. of us, but thankfully, yeah. like we were like I because I, I remember the cops like just seeing them, and I was just like just speed them. I was like, let me just go on campus here. So we won't get pulled over in the middle of rocking, you know what I mean? So, <laughs> right, but yeah, no. Nah. Hey guys, thanks for tuning in for another episode of Lift to Educate. We really appreciate you guys taking the time out to listen to us speak about fitness-related topics and also current events that's happening right here in this country. As we continue to uh, grow this podcast, we ask that you please discuss the topics that we discussed today with your friends and family, and also share it. Um, as well. And if you have any questions, you can reach us on a social media feed or also on our website. Um, Jacobs is jagged-fitness.com and you can reach him on social media. Um, Instagram is jaggedfitnessnj and mine is uh, princefitempire.com and also princefitempire on social media. Until next time, guys, you guys stay healthy and stay educated and we'll talk to you guys next time.